Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, our head of sales and marketing at NCFIT, Gabe Yanez, and I dive into a variety of subjects, including taking on the cold, grip strength, and how it relates to your dead hang pull-up. Of course, we talk about strength conditioning, but we finish up the podcast towards the middle, towards the end, on this three-for-three three deal that we implemented at NCFIT and our new money-back guarantee. So for any gym owner out there, you definitely want to listen to this one. We implemented this three-for-three three deal, and it's been extremely successful for us, and hopefully you could implement it at your gym and receive the same level of success. Now, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at O2. We've known these guys for a really long time, and I want to congratulate them on becoming the official recovery drink for the CrossFit Games. O2 is just finishing a funding round, which we've been able to participate in. They've been on a growth stage for many, many years, and I'm super happy for Dave and his entire team at O2 for smashing it and becoming the official recovery drink of the CrossFit Games. Really fun to watch their success. If you're a gym owner out there, we've been having O2 in our gyms for many years. It's in the refrigerated section. Our members love it. If you want to go ahead and wholesale it, have it at your gym as well. Make sure you check the link in the podcast because they've done right by us, and I'm sure they'll do it right by you, and our members love their products. So make sure you check out the link in the podcast notes. But without any further ado, Let's dive into an incredible episode with Gabe Yanez talking about a variety of different subjects and gym owners. Let us know what you think and hopefully go implement the three for three deal. And I hope you have as much success with it as we have so far. Let's go. Shower after or anything? I did not get into a hot shower. I'm, I'm literally still cold right now. So I, it is eight. 20 uh west you know pacific time i got in the cold plunge at 6 25 so it's two hours later and i'm still like honestly i'm still like cold to my core does that happen to you too or is it just am i just a wimp out here no i mean so your your core body temperature is naturally lower in the mornings so there's actually really interesting research out there about like the ideal time to work out because your, your core body temperature naturally elevates through the day. So it's actually best to like do high intensity training um, in the afternoon when your core body temperature is in a natural like elevated state. Now, obviously we're splitting hairs in terms of like ideal here. If you work out in the morning, it's not like you're losing any benefits from it. But with that said, in the morning, you're naturally colder. So when I was doing, <clears throat> excuse me, because when there, there was a while when I was doing the cold plunges, first thing in the morning, like I would get them done 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Like first thing, like literally out of bed, bathing suit on, cold plunge. I actually had to, I, I couldn't even handle the temperature that I was handling before. I had to lift, raise it a little bit. Um, and I absolutely had to do a, a warm shower after. I couldn't just like dry off, put clothes on and then like go about my day. I'd be shivering for 30, 40 minutes. So to answer your question, if you're doing it in the morning, it's it's tough to warm back up. And the only benefit, at least from what I've read, that you would keep if you don't take like a hot shower right after, like if you don't warm up your body after the initial shock, is like the increase in metabolism. So if you're specifically doing the cold exposure for fat loss, there is a benefit to staying cold longer. So like, even if you want to take a quick warm shower, I wouldn't stay in there for a long time. But if you want the benefits of 
you know, the, the neurological benefits, the like, you know, mental resiliency benefits, you don't really lose anything by warming up directly after, whether it's a sauna or a hot shower. And if anything, it just lets you like feel okay and functionable after. Yeah. I mean, dude, honestly, like here I am a couple hours later and I'm still cold now. Yeah. Now I did not take a warm shower and I've been, um, I've only had a cup of coffee, so I haven't had anything to eat. Um, so I've been like fasted up until this point, uh, with the exception of obviously a cup of coffee because that's, yeah, that, that'll do it. That'll, that'll make you feel pretty cold for, for still, a little bit. So I'm still freezing. Uh, I'm going to be leaving here to head to one of our gyms. I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw on some more sweatshirts or something, but anyways, I found that to be really interesting. Uh, this morning I did, uh, four minutes. Ava did four minutes. She's, but you know, what's interesting about in the morning compared your, to later what, in the day, what's your temperature at? So don't hate on me. It's I at, won't. It's it's at fifty five right now. Okay. 55. But uh, this is day seven in a row, and I've been really trying to go off of this basis of consistency. You know, we actually have a cough with Kalipa, one of the podcasts coming up about this idea of like putting money in the piggy bank, and I think that uh, at times when it comes to fitness, people want to like go hard in the paint for a little while and then boom. So what I'm trying to do is create habits. And so I've been seven days in. I don't expect me to do this every day, but I'm seven days in currently at 55 degrees for four minutes, which isn't like that, that, that cold. But what I noticed this morning, it's cold enough for me, by the way, it, that because it's colder than the actual water outside, it actually made the plunge more enjoyable when I was actually in it because it actually felt warmer, the water, because it was colder outside. Whereas later in the day, as it starts getting 70 degrees, 75 degrees, whatever it is, the outside temp is warmer than the water. So it, it's more painful to get in. That was yeah. my experience from this morning. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, 100%, you know, the morning plunges were hard because like I said, like I, I just couldn't stick it out as much. And, and what I told you last time too, and this applies for anyone that's starting to dip their toe, no pun intended into this cold exposure stuff. You know, you don't want this to be like a terrible experience where you're just toughing it out and gritting. It should be something where you, the whole goal is to try and be relaxed in something that you weren't relaxed to get into. So I know I give you a hard time about the temperature that you're at and whatever, but that's just me giving you a hard time because we're buddies. I think it's, as long as it's something that obviously you're uncomfortable with which you are you're getting the benefit and you're in there and if anything it's allowing you to kind of control your experience and like i said last time you know you're not getting out because you have to get out you're getting out because you choose to get out and i think that that's very important yeah. um so to answer your question actually i forgot what your question was well no I was just talking about how it's like it was almost not not easier oh, yeah. because of the temperature difference right yeah so what i was going to say is when I was doing it in the morning, like I, like you said, it was easier to get in because it'd be cold outside. So I would go outside because, yeah, you have yours outside too. Sometimes people have it like in their garage and stuff. And, you know, you have no chance to stand out there in your bathing suit and think about, do I want to get in or not? You're cold. So I'm like, I'm trying to get this done so I can go back inside. Whereas now that we're, you know, coming up on spring, summertime here in Texas, especially if I'm dipping in the middle of the day and it's like 85 degrees and sunny out, like you, you feel that water and you're like, last thing I want to do is get in there. It's so nice out here. It's sunny. It's warm. Oh, I know. So like this morning, it's so interesting. Cause I was, I was working out with Ava 
And uh, I had her doing some stuff this morning that we could touch base on. But I'm sitting there in sweatpants, a hoodie. I'm nice and warm. I'm, like, in my garage. And then she gets in the cold plunge each morning. And, like, dude, and then she starts talking shit. So both the kids, they talk all kinds of I love that. I love that. And so – it, it inspires me, right? Because I, they handle it much better than me. So then they're in it. I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and get the day started. But one of the things I did with Ava this morning that I found to be interesting, I don't know if it was you and I that I was talking about, maybe it was MDV at one point, was talking about uh, grip strength as a as a factor of overall strength. Was it you that was saying that? We talked about it on, on the podcast. It was, so Peter Atia, someone that I listen to a lot, you know, put out a really interesting podcast and write up on just grip strength being a really good indicator of the type of strength that you want for longevity. Cause it's so important, um, you know, for you to grab onto things and it's something that's overlooked. I think a lot in our space, um, because we get so reliant on like, you know, hook grip, reverse grip, like everything is, how do I make it easiest to grab this instead of literally how do I make it hard so I can train my grip? Yeah. And I think, you know, to that point, I, I think when it comes to the way that I look at fitness now, my my um, lens has shifted. My lens used to be, how do I make this as easy as possible to then try and win? To now my lens is, well, the goal of my workouts is to create adaptation. And, you know, looking at the podcast that uh, was with uh, Andrew uh, Huberman and his guests, you know, there there has to be a struggle or a challenge to create adaptation. And so for me, I'm thinking, all right, double overhand grip, maybe even a thicker rope on jump rope. I've shifted my mindset to like, what is actually going to provide an impact on the stimulus versus just help me get more reps quicker, whatever. And uh, something I was incorporating this morning, I'm going to start incorporating on a regular basis with Ava, was the dead hang. I just, I just realized there was a definite deficiency in the dead hang position. One, I don't think we, we hang in terms of like, like that shoulder range of motion. We don't hang very much. And the other is um, the resilience uh, Like Ava was only doing 10 seconds this morning. So it's just something that was on my mind. I, I thought I'd share with all the parents or with anybody out there. I think that we could regularly start incorporating more dead hang just holds. And I think there's going to be a lot of benefit from that. Yeah, a lot of benefits. And also, you know, grip strength tends to be a really, and this goes back, way back, tends to be a really good indicator of kind of where your nervous system is at in terms of recovery. Um, I know, I forget who was like a big proponent of this, but like old school training people that, you know, before whoop straps and, and all this fancy tech, you know, testing your grip strength in the morning was like a really good indicator and pretty reliable about how recovered you were and kind of, you know, how your training should be approached that day. Yeah, no. So I, I thought that was an interesting tool to incorporate uh, this morning that I was doing. I hadn't really thought about it much. And because we do jumping pull-ups, we do, we do different types of pulls, but I, I haven't had her do just like dead hang. And it's something I need to start doing more often too. The reason what sparked that idea for me is I had a gentleman, Mason, who's a professional jiu-jitsu athlete come over and he was training with me at the gym. He had a very difficult time hanging from a pull-up bar. Very difficult. It, 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 but it wasn't a strength thing. It was a range of motion. And it was the fact that in jujitsu, you're not really in this extended kind of like overhead position. And so it was a very difficult position for him. And so as I was watching him do it, I was thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder if, you know, I don't work that position enough. My kids don't work that position enough because you have to kind of go and do it. You know, that, that's really the only way to mimic that position. It also deloads your spine. There's a bunch of other benefits. So 
something I'm going to start incorporating more and I'll report back. Yeah, a lot of benefits and a lot of correlation between grip strength and longevity, um, specifically because, you know, as, as we age, the, the reason that a lot of people get, get hurt and messed up pretty bad ends up being falls. Yeah. Um, and grip, so, so the theory behind this correlation between grip strength and kind of longevity, especially in the later years, is that, you know, the stronger your grip strength is, you know, the easier it is for you to, if you are losing your balance, grab onto something, grab onto a banister, be able to brace your fall. Two things that Peter Atia talked about in this podcast that I'm referencing. One, grip strength, but two, being strong in the eccentric um, for the same reason of preventing falls. And he brought up the example of, <clears throat> you know, what's more dangerous, you know, you climbing up a steep hill or you coming down a steep hill. And obviously the propensity to fall would be coming down a steep hill. So he just talked about how, yes, grip strength is important, but also, you know, something we do in a lot of our training at NC Fit and this new strength cycle that we have coming up, you know, doing tempo work and working on the eccentric with lifts so that we're not just strong picking something up or standing up or pushing away from us, but we're also strong, you know, being able to lower a weight with control or lower our own weight with control. That's a really interesting analogy. I've never heard that before. Uh, what is more like danger? What is harder walking up a hill or walking down a really steep hill? And uh, I totally agree with you, right? When you're going down, there's that kind of like that, that feeling of, oh boy, if I, if I don't control this position, I'm going to get out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a, that's an interesting analogy. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And for anyone that's done, I mean, when, when me and Ariel were living um, full-time in the Airstream, we, we did a lot of camping, a lot of hiking, some awesome, awesome climbs. And, you know, like going uphill sucks. It's, yeah. it's hard. Like there's a burn, but like anyone that's gone on like a really steep hike can probably relate to this. Going downhill is almost worse because like that's when your knees and your ankles are just like, you know, you're like every single step is like, you know, bracing and like there's uneven terrain, like going up sucks in a different way, but going down just like, I feel beats you up more. Dude, it's so funny you mentioned that. So uh, years ago at the CrossFit Games, we had this, this trail run called uh, Microwave Mountain and the hardest part. The hardest part, like, oh, it was a lot of like um, switchbacks and up, down, up, down. But these were like very steep up and very steep down. And you would think like, oh, you know, walk the uphill and jog the downhill and like kind of like shuffle it, right? But after a while, it was just so aggressive on your knees and on your ankles and on your feet. The downhill ended up becoming actually harder for me than the uphill portions because of that controlled descent. And it was rocky and it was tough and it was 10 miles and it was just shitty in general, but still, uh, that's, it, that's, it's the it's same idea. Um, working both. For sure. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, if anyone's curious, you know, checking out Peter, but another podcast that, you know, I sent you an MDV and I'd like to discuss probably the bulk of this when, when MDV is on MDV had a trip. So he's obviously not on this recording here, um, is, you know, some of the things that, you know, Andrew Huberman and his guests talked about in relation to hypertrophy and strength training. And the one thing that I definitely want to talk to MDB about, but I'll, I'll bring it up here because it's been really top of mind because you mentioned it too a little bit, is this idea of, you know, in our space, a lot of people tackle workouts and we have too, 
with the leaderboard in mind and the score that you get and trying to make it as easy as possible to get as much, you know, quote unquote work as it's defined by CrossFit done. But one thing that they spoke about, and I know that a lot of people, especially with how popular NC Flex has been, are, you know, trying to find a program that's a little bit more hypertrophy based, right? Like we want to put on muscle, we want to look a little bit different, improve our body composition. And one of the things they talked about on this podcast is how much more important it is to be very methodical and intentional with your movement than the actual intensity loading and all of that stuff when it comes to hypertrophy training specifically. And it was really interesting because they were even talking about like, if you're doing say a bicep curl and you're literally looking at your bicep and like thinking about the muscle flexing and thinking about like it doing work, like you thinking about that and being that intentional with the movement is gonna recruit more muscle fibers and therefore increase the stimulus and therefore allow for more hypertrophy, which I think is really interesting and something that maybe in the CrossFit functional fitness space, we don't think so much about because when is the last time, you know, you do a workout for time that you're in any way thinking about like, is, is the right muscle contracting? Is the right thing working? And I know MBV brings this up a lot, but I thought it was really interesting because it's even in the week since I listened to that podcast has really changed how I approach my training. And really thinking about like, hey, if I'm doing, you know, an RDL in NC Flex, you know, am I using my glutes to pick that up? Or am I feeling it in my low back? Like, am I really feeling it where I should be feeling it? And it's made me a lot more, you know, kind of intentional and introspective while I'm training, which I feel is another thing that people don't do enough. I feel a lot of people kind of look at their program and go through the motions instead of thinking, okay, what am I targeting with this exercise today? And am I feeling that? And am I feeling it correctly? Well, I mean, I think the, the, that stems from the desire not to look at what muscle group you're working, but instead of the function you're trying to perform. And so like Honey Rombot, I was training with him, who's a world-renowned bodybuilding coach. And to your point, Gabe, I mean, it was all about what are you feeling? Like, what are you seeing? I want the top of your pec and I want you to, I want you to feel the top of the pec. He didn't care how much weight I was moving. He didn't care if he didn't care if I got more reps with my arms in this position, he cared, Hey, I want your arms in this position. And I want you to really feel it at the top of your pec as an example. Right. And it, it goes back to what you were talking about is if I'm doing a, I don't know, RDL, am I, am I really not worried about the loading? Like I might not lift as much, but I'm going to feel it more tension through that position or can I lift a little bit more, maybe not necessarily focus in on that particular position, but focus more on the range of motion I'm trying to accomplish. And I think that's what's that, that was where the shift was in CrossFit. I feel like was like, take for example, um, I don't know, um, you know, clean and jerks, right. Instead of trying to think about, you know, am I hitting my position and recruiting certain things? It's more like, hey, how many of these can I get done in this amount of time? It's just a different mindset. And I think that based on the podcast you were referring to, they definitely were drawing attention to how the brain and how connecting that and then how you can start off with one muscle group and then start building it out from there to more compound. That was interesting. He had a lot of really cool things to say. I want to listen. I'm like halfway through the podcast. But I think what you're referring to, this intentional, the intention in CrossFit, I think, is to do more work in less time. I think the intention in like this hypertrophy type training or even bodybuilding is less about what more work is in, in less time and more about 
hey, what muscle group am I isolating today? And am I getting the most blood flow and attention on that particular area? It's a completely different mindset, I think. I think you could do both, though. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, another thing that kind of really spoke to me, so I've been an athlete that my entire life has, has struggled with like getting stronger and getting bigger to an extent. I'm, I'm what they call hard gainers and that naturally I'm just, you know, smaller frame. And that's why I did so well in endurance sports, but I'm, I'm probably never going to be as big as, as Jason Kalipa. Um, so it's been interesting, specifically the pieces that were hypertrophy, but strength training too. Um, just talking about how, you know, there's such a neurological component to getting stronger. And the one thing that he pointed out, which was fascinating, was there was this study that was done. And I don't know if you remember this piece of the podcast, but there was a study done in building speed in athletes. And so speed, power, and strength kind of being obviously all intertwined. But this was looking at speed specifically. And what it looked at is for people that performed the movement and were thinking about moving the barbell as fast as possible. So just thinking it versus people that were moving the bar just as fast, but were just kind of going through the motion, the athletes that were consciously trying to move as fast as possible saw more improvement in strength, power, and speed than the people that were just moving through the movements, even if the bar was moving at the same speed. So essentially what that would mean is if, if me and Jason are on the same program and we're supposed to be doing, you know, back squats where the up portion is supposed to be explosive. If I'm really thinking about getting this bar off my back and standing up from the bottom as fast as possible versus Jason, who has a load that's similar to mine in terms of like relative difficulty, but he's just like, I'm just doing five reps. Like I'm just standing up. Even if we're both moving the bar at the same speed, because Jason's obviously very strong and I kind of struggle with barbell stuff. I'll see more of an adaptation just because I'm tapping into the neurological side of wanting to move those muscle fibers quicker, which I thought was fascinating. Cause like, I don't know, you would think that like, you know, what you're thinking about wouldn't have that much of an impact, but if you think about it, it does make sense. Right. Yeah. I, I thought connected. that was super interesting. Yeah. It's all connected. You know, I, 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 that's a, yeah, it's, it's just another layer of training, you know, something I've been really motivated by. And I know you, you know, you too, right. Is, is trying to identify ways to enhance like my overall health and wellness and, um, connecting the brain with the body a little bit more. That's one of the reasons why I've been liking the cold plunge too, right. Is it is that connection where you need to kind of down-regulate yourself. You need to be able to figure these things out. And so I think just talking about this training, I think training has came a long way and I don't, I, I'm not trying to like reinvent the wheel here and like say that we need to like, you know, I don't know, uh, make it more complicated than it needs to be. But I think just having a conversation about intention and being intentional in the training could as a byproduct have better benefits for you. It, yeah. It's in that podcast. Yeah, I mean, your audio just um, got super low, FYI. But what I was going to say is, you know, the biggest takeaway for me and what I, what I would want to share with people that may or may not listen to this podcast is I think that a lot of people, especially people that have been doing our type of training for a really long time, I think that they kind of go in there, they're following a program and they're like checking off the boxes, right? Like they're, I have part A, I have part B, I have part C. And, you know, in between sets, you kind of go on Instagram, you check that out a little bit. I'm super guilty of this too. You know, like I'm checking Slack. I'm looking yeah. at my emails. In between right. sets or what? 
Yeah, like in between sets, in between movements. Yeah. Like I finished my yeah. strength portion right before my workout. Like, let me see what's going on. And I think that that detachment from the hour or whatever t- amount of time you're trying to spend on training is a real miss because you're investing that time in a goal, whether it's to get stronger, whether it's to perform better in the sport of fitness, whether it's to lose some weight. And I think that the science backs this up. Like if you go in there and you're really thinking about every movement that you're doing versus being one foot in, one foot out, like checking Instagram, doing this, doing that, I think that you'll get so much more out of that hour. And that's, that's one thing that I'm like really trying to focus on after listening to this and trying to, so I'm only training now three to four times a week. I'm taking more rest days where, you know, I do plenty around the farm and I go on some long walks. But the reason I wanted to do that is because I want now those training sessions to be a little bit longer, but I want to focus on just that. Like I I, want to like leave my phone away from it and have that. And I can't afford to do that, you know, five, six times a week, but I'm trying to, can I get the same benefit, if not more by going all in maybe three, four times a week than feeling like I have to train, you know, five, six times a week and kind of have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Does this sound okay now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Just for a second, yeah. I went down. Now I'm back. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like taking classes. I mean, one of the benefits for me uh, being around our gyms is that I could jump into class. And I think that a class environment, what helps is that it does require you to be engaged and kind of be in that moment. For sure. And obviously you have that competitive push and all that kind of stuff. Yesterday I was doing... Um, front rack uh split squats which is just something i would never do on my own and then hip thrust the barbell which again i would never do those on my own but it was nice to switch it up and then be in that competitive setting but i think you're right about you know kind of allocating that time for your time in the gym being present and focused on what you're doing and connecting it and just seeing how much that improves your overall fitness versus kind of like going in doing a little bit of this a little of that um you know, something that I think I've seen my wife do, which has been good for her, is that when she trains in the garage, she jumps on the assault bike for like, I don't know, 10 minutes and she's not going very hard and she'll like be sitting there scrolling on social media, whatever. And then she'll kind of like put it away and get after it. That seems to be like her flow. That seems to work well for her where it's like she's in there. She's kind of like doing these little things to get her mind right. And then boom. And then she's off on the races and hitting her workout. So just an idea for people out there. Yeah, I do think that that's one of the benefits of, you know, the type of training that you get, whether it's in group class or just following, you know, NC Metcon or NCX on our app, because the beauty of the Metcon pieces of those is that, you know, you're not checking your phone during a 15 minute AMRAP. You can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you have to keep moving. You have to be present. I think that where, where the, the, it becomes a slippery slope a little bit is, you know, what I'm doing now, which is I I really like looking at the strength pieces on NCX and NC flex and kind of combining that training. Like I'm not doing so much of, you know, the, the actual Metcons from our programs, but I think that that's where it becomes dangerous because you do need longer rest and it isn't for time and you're not under the gun, which makes it super easy. You know, you have your phone there to look at the programming, but you know, you open up an app, you check an email, Jason slacks you, now you're distracted. Happens all the time. (laughs) happens every day i uh yeah no i I, but i think that that um the mentality you know ashley's going in today actually she has a call for um from merrick health for her blood work and i'm really curious how that's going to turn out so i'll have to keep you posted on 
on what that looks like. Um, she, she has a call today. So when this releases a week from now, I don't think she'll have a result. She'll probably go in to get her blood work done, but she's Very been cool. really ramping up her training and uh, it's been, it's been nice to see. So, Hey, by the way, uh, what happened with your duck? So is no. the duck dead? Yeah. So how did the duck die? The dogs, the dogs, unfortunately, just for whatever reason, and I, I can't seem to figure it out. They are great with the chickens, which is good because the chickens are kind of like, you know, like we, we, we need their eggs, both for our consumption and something we eventually want to bring to the farmer's market. The ducks we just kind of got because for a while we were like, oh, we want duck eggs. But anyway, the ducks are just kind of like an animal on the farm that aren't serving a real purpose. So it's not the biggest deal, but it is a big deal because obviously you don't want to lose any animals. But for some reason, the dogs just mess with the ducks. And when they catch one, it's not that they want to hurt the duck. It's just that they play with them and not in a way that the duck comes out okay on the other side. But they're just playing. Yeah, it's a bummer. Oh man, yeah. See that that's not a that's not what that's not a common thing that I find at my house. Right, is a dead duck. No, uh, <laughs> at your house is different. So, all right. Well, anyways, sorry about the dead duck. Hey, I got I got I got something interesting. So yesterday I was at jujitsu, and my instructor, I you know I think he I think he listens to these podcasts. And so oh, I love it. He fucking dude. So this guy, he, Who, who's your instructor? Uh, Eric Batista. He, so we, I have, okay. I, have so I, I, I haven't, I haven't met him. Okay. You have not met him. Um, but in, he owns the school that I go to. And so yesterday, uh, and oddly enough, there was a new athlete there who, who trains at another jujitsu gym, um, over the hill in Santa Cruz. And he was there for his first experience. And so I get in there and, uh, dude, he has athletic tape and we, we rock the warm up with our mouth closed and just nasal breathing and i thought of you man because basically it was inspired from the the you know the the basically uh, mouth taping conversation we had like what a week or two ago and so we did that during the warm-up and man you know it was really difficult it's like for a while like i'm uh, it was it was all good everything was good and then all of a sudden my heart rate got jacked up a little bit and man did i feel a little claustrophobic so it was nice to incorporate that to try and see how claustrophobic I could feel and then be able to like regulate myself again. That's interesting, man. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, um, I went deep down that rabbit hole for a while. Um, and I remember I used to once a week do aerobic training strictly. I wouldn't have to use tape, but just nose breathing. It's powerful stuff. It's, it's really interesting to feel the difference, especially when you're being conscious about how you're breathing. Um, something we don't think about a lot, dude. I, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not recommending this for everyone, but I think for this warm up for that day, it was cool. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, like this guy who just comes in from Santa Cruz, like, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, because there's no word spoken. Like, it was just like mouth tape and then get to our warm up. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't like unsafe or anything. It was just, I mean, look, someone can easily just pull it right off. They could open their mouth. If they really want to. It was just a reminder to keep it shut. And I found that to be interesting because um, because of the conversations we have been having. So that's funny. Those of you, those of you want to try it on your next warm up, give that a shot. Um, hey, I was going to ask you for the gym owners that that are listening. Um, this three for three deal, I find that one. So we've done a few kind of cool um, marketing campaigns at the gym. I like the three for three 
And I thought we could just share this idea for people who want to, who have, like have a gym because I thought it's a cool concept because of in particular, the fact that the credit card's already in the system was one piece that I liked. So I don't know if you want to share more on that, sure. because I thought from a gym owner perspective, it's a cool campaign we're running right now. Yeah. So for any gym owners out there, um, you know, like Jason said, we've been trying all sorts of different things because like, you know, any other gym out there, we're trying our hardest to, you know, build our locations in the Bay Area back and really take advantage of, of the excitement that people have about returning to a gym and also just the need for getting back into fitness for a lot of people coming off of two years where, you know, arguably a lot of people have kind of put fitness um, maybe in the back burner because of lack of access to a gym, lack of access to equipment, whatever it is. So for the month of April, what we're going to be instituting is we're going to be going away from our normal free trial. So we always offer for people to come in, try out a class before they sign up, obviously, you know, kind of check it out, which program's best for them, get a feel, and then hopefully become a paying member at the gym. But for the month of April, we're going to do away for that. And instead, if you want to come try it, you can buy a three class pack for $3 as kind of this exclusive intro deal to get you started. Now, you know, our, our classes are, you know, 25 to $30 a class. So that's, you know, close to a $100 value for three bucks. So the purpose of this is twofold. One is when people see that they can sign up for a free trial, you know, it's free. So the value of it is free. So it's kind of psychologically a little higher barrier of entry because they see a free trial and they're like, well, I can sign up for that anytime. There's nothing special about it. When you put a price to it and make it seem exclusive and like a promotion, now instead of seeing that this is a free trial, what they see is a limited time offer for three classes for three bucks. And because three bucks is such a nominal amount for anyone, you know, it still has the very low barrier of entry of a free trial, but it feels like you're getting something. It feels like you're getting something of a lot more value than just coming in for a free trial class. But in essence, it's exactly the same thing. We want people to come into the gym, try the gym out, see if it's a good fit so that we can, you know, show them how great we are at our coaching and our workouts and get them to sign up. So they're both still really free trials. It's just one psychologically feels like this really amazing exclusive deal that might run out. So I should sign up now versus the free trial that feels like, oh, well, this thing's free. I can probably do it anytime. So it's a little bit more enticing. And then the second thing that I think is, is a, it would be a great benefit for us is, you know, it's always, a, and this is, I think, for everyone, and some people will be better at this than others, it's always difficult, even if someone comes in for their free trial, to have that conversation of, hey, let's get you started. Like, let's now collect the payment. And I know that in the past, what our coaches have done, because it is the easiest thing to do, is just be like, hey, I'll email you the link to get started. Or, hey, you know, like, just go on our website when you get home. And that's been a huge miss for us because by letting people leave the gym, they might be super excited. They might be sold. They're like, hey, I am starting this tomorrow. But we all know what happens. You get outside, you get a call, something happened, you know, something happened at work, something happened with the family, you get distracted, you put it off. And next thing you know, you end up never signing up for that thing that you were going to sign up for. So as a business... It's important to get them to commit as soon as possible because, you know, otherwise, you know, there's a chance that you might lose that lead. 
So by doing this three for three, the other benefit is that in order to quote unquote buy their free trial, you already have payment information. So it's a lot easier because now for me as a coach, if I have Jason coming in for his third class, hey, Jason, you've been doing great. I'd love to get you to get started with us. Do you want to do a 10 class pack or a monthly membership? 10 class pack, perfect. I'll take care of it. That's it. Now you can go in as the coach in the back end and just set them up because they don't have to do anything. You already have them in Wattify or whatever you use. You have their credit card information. They said they want to keep going with a 10 class pack, but now they don't have to go home and pull out their visa. They might've left their wallet in the car, so they'll do it later. Then they end up not doing it. Like all those things that can happen, you completely take them out of the equation. And now you're just like, Jason, do you want to keep going? Perfect. I'm going to get you set up. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah, I, I really like this idea of three for three it, it, for the reasons you just mentioned. And then also you get three opportunities to show them the value that you're providing in your gym. So unlike a, a single free trial, which is great, right? It's fine. This one now, hopefully they'll come back for three experiences. So and then hopefully each one of those, right, you're earning their their business every single time. And hopefully they'll then convert to a 10 class pack or a monthly membership, which are all things that we're working on here at NC Fit for, for those of you, and I know this is a little bit more business focused, but for those of you who do own and operate gyms at NC Fit, we've tried everything from paid in fulls to long-term contracts, to short-term contracts, to whatever. Ultimately, what we have right now is we have month to month membership and we have a uh, 10 class pack is, is pretty much, or five class pack, no, 10 class pack pretty much is all we have. And we try and keep the options pretty simple. We have found that to be more successful for us than having a variety of different options. And now for the month of April, this is just kind of like a promotion we're doing, which is the three classes for $3. And if you like this idea and you think what Gabe said makes sense, set it up, talk to your team and go execute it, go give it a shot. And if it does work well, hit us up, let us know what you think about it because uh, it was, uh, it was, was that your idea, Gabe, or was it my idea? <laughs> <laughs> it was Gabe's idea. Um, something else, uh, just totally unrelated, but while we're on the business topic, I, I like this idea of that, um, um, the guarantee. How, how are we wording that? I know we're going to be rolling that out pretty soon, but, but the like come in for, you know, if you come in 10 or 12 times in your first month and you're not completely satisfied with your experience here at NC Fit, we'll refund that month. I like that because it kind of puts our money where the mouth is, where we believe in our coaching and our, our experience so much that it's almost like a money back guarantee. Like instead of buying a product, you're buying a service. And what it does, it gets people to come in and actually experience it for that first month, buy into that. And I think more, as soon as they come in and they actually experience it on a regular basis, I think they're going to be more likely to stick with us. That's something else we're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's in line with something that we've felt very strongly about for a really long time, which is earning people's business every single day. Um, you know, we, we, we don't have contracts for that reason. We don't lock members in to six months or 12 months of being with us at NC Fit. You know, I, I, I get the argument of, you know, getting people to commit and the fact that, you know, you need a certain amount of time, but just the way that we approach it is we're trying to put out a five out of five experience every single time people come in. And if we're not doing that, then it's perfectly within the right of the customer to say, hey, this isn't working for me and go about on their way. And I think this, you know, 
money back guarantee that we're going to be rolling out that I'm excited about. It's just an evolution of that because if we're exactly. not, if we're not able to like knock your socks off in a month with us, because we have the coaches and the programs to, to back that up, then no harm, no foul. And you should get every cent that you paid back and be on your way. Um, and I think that, you know, we've gotten to the point where we have the team and the programming to, to back that up and feel confident and put that out there. Because honestly, if, if it's not a good fit, then, you know, that that's perfectly fine too. But I think that if anyone does give us a try at our Bay Area gyms, and the one thing that we are going to include is, you know, gives us a try in that, you know, they're not just coming once during the right. month, but they come a certain amount of days. If you don't feel better and like, just feel like this is something that's going to change your life, like all good, just let us know. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll part ways and, and give you a refund. Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited for this. I think when the idea came up, it's like, man, why haven't we done this before? Right. The, the NC fit commitment or whatever your name, your gym or, or, or whatever business, right. Just kind of like, uh, leaning into this idea that as a business owner and as a team, we believe that if we're not doing a great job, you should be able to just cancel or get your money back. We, the onus is on us to earn your business every single day. So if we actually believe that and not just talk about it, but actually back it up, this is an example of that we probably should have had it years ago. And so, Hey, better late than never two things that just, I think gym owners should explore this idea of a money back guarantee or some type of like, you know, our, our commitment to you, whatever, however you want to word it. And then the three visits for $3, I think for the reasons that we spoke about are both really good. We're always doing different kind of things and campaigns. We did back to school one, we did a variety of them. Um, we'll do a better job of speaking about that on these podcasts every now and then. Generally we do them through webinars. So if you're a gym owner and you haven't checked out our NC fit collective channel, we have monthly webinars that I think add a ton of value for gym owners based on what we're experiencing in our gyms. We then share that with other gym owners on a monthly basis with different topics that Gabe comes up with. So if you haven't checked those out, make sure you check out our monthly webinars. What's the best place? Just go to NC fit and just go to the collective website. Yeah, I mean, we always um, broadcast the webinar that we have coming up on ncfit.collective on Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can watch recordings of all the past ones as well on Jason's YouTube channel. So definitely check that out because they are all posted there. Um, but yeah, just follow us on Instagram. We, we always put out what the next topic is going to be, how to register. And if you can't make the live, no worries. If you register, we always email you the recording right after. Love it, man. Well, dude, I got an exciting weekend coming up. I'm doing two things I thought I'd just share with, with everybody here. First one is I'm hosting a row-a-thon for my children's school. Uh, shout out to Assault Fitness for their generosity. To um, They actually donated a rower to the number one donator at the school. So whoever donates the most amount of money to the kid's school gets a free Assault Fitness rower, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to do two minutes on, two minutes off for four rounds for these kids to see who could come up with the most amount of meters per class. So we're doing a rowathon tomorrow. And then Gabe, you'll like this. I'm learning how to sail for the first time on Saturday and I'll have to report back on how that experience is. So that's what I got going on, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Kind of getting outside my comfort zone a little bit. Nice, man. I'm going to be in uh, your, well, not your neck of the woods, but on the West coast, I have, um, meeting up with some friends in, in San Diego. Um, my buddy's getting married, so he's having his little bachelor celebration. I think it's just going to be a bunch of surfing and beach time. So 
I'll be in San Diego. I'm actually hoping to see uh, Mr. Walker later today. Oh, are you are you jamming out today, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm heading oh. out in a little bit. Nice, man. Well, dude, I hope you have a great wedding, or not your wedding, but I hope you have a great time at the wedding. Um, you know, any final thoughts while as we're closing up today's uh, kind of riff on a bunch of different subjects that we went off on? Uh, one thing, you know, if you don't end up listening to, so it was Andrew Huberman and Andy Galpin. Um, that's the podcast that we kind of reference here on a couple things. It's a super long listen. So if you're not into like super deep diving into all these things, exercise science, the one takeaway that I think everyone can apply that I'm going to do as well is finding two, three minutes after your workout to do some breathing to like really end your workout session before you go about in the day. You know, I've been super guilty of like, I'm done with my workout and I'm immediately on email Slack or running home to get on the first call or kind of just going into the next thing in my day instead of having just like a very regimented, literally two minutes where you're just taking a couple deep breaths and signaling to your body that, hey, we're done training and we're gonna go about the rest of the day. And I think that there's a lot of benefits to that. You know, I know MDB has been deep diving into all things breathing, but just to signal to your body that, hey, we're done working and causing stimulus that's going to cause adaptation. And now we're into recovery, I think is something that can benefit a lot of people. So if there's one thing you take away and don't deep dive into that whole three hour podcast, I think that's something everyone can apply to their routine. Dude, I love that. I've been, I've been doing, I've been really a lot more intentional on that. Uh, with the cold plunge. It's, it's been changing the way I look at those things. So yeah, I love it. So I will report back on all things uh, Roathon and my sailing experience. I One day I want to learn how to fly too, but for now I'm going to start off with sailing because that's going to get Ashley less mad at me. Um, the flying thing she's not a huge fan of. So, um, you know, hey, on behalf of myself, Gabe, all of us here at NC Fit, thank you for uh, joining in, listening. Make sure that you leave us a quick rating review, hit us up on social, let us know what you want us to be talking about. And don't forget, check out the NC Fit app. And if you're a Jenner and you have not checked out the NC Fit Collective, uh, you gotta go check that out. I think Gabe is gonna say one thing. We have a strength cycle that's starting. When's our strength cycle starting, Gabe? We are starting on, so when this comes out, it would have started on Monday, April 4th. Okay. Um, but that first week is testing week, and I, we're going for nine weeks on the bench press, the deadlift, the push press, um, and the front squat. So Ooh. some really big lifts that, you know, if you're looking to get strong, whether it's coming off the open, coming off the quarterfinals, or just want to get strong in general, I think it's a great time now, and it's going to be a great program. So definitely check that out if you haven't. Let's go. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking it out. Have a great day.